Thank you for listening to this week's Freedom Church podcast. We hope it helps and inspires you. Now, over the last few weeks, we have been learning about the different names of Jesus. And today is our final kind of session as we're looking at his name will be. We've looked at his name will be Emmanuel, God being with us, God being really present. We looked at God being our saviour, the one that rescues us, the one that saves us from our sins. Uh, Hannah talked about uh, Jesus, the Messiah. His name will be the Messiah, the one we've been waiting for, impatiently waiting for, the anointed one to come. And today on Christmas Day, I want to finish up by talking about Jesus, the Son of God. Yes, he's not just a person. He is the Son of God. That baby that was born, those that beautiful image you might have in your mind, was the very Son of the Creator God himself. Now, often when we use names to name people, we name them aspirational things. You know, we name our children, maybe special names that have meanings for us. Uh, We maybe name our new project with a very aspirational name, our businesses, or maybe even our pets. We name them with special names because we're hoping of what they might become. But with Jesus, his names weren't just aspirational. They were actually prophetic of what was to come. It was a reality. And Jesus spent his whole life converting the prophetic words of what was spoken over him as a baby into reality. I want to spend a few minutes today on Christmas Day talking about Son of God. Jesus was the Son of God. He was special. He was and he is. Today we remember the God who was born as a human baby part of the Trinity, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, the three in one, Jesus, all human and all God at the same time. Now that blows my mind, especially when you think about a baby, and not just a baby, but a baby born in poverty, a baby born with no potential future, practical future, no no wealth, no, no prospects, a baby born with all the risks of childbirth, 2,000 years ago, out in a field somewhere, in a stable somewhere, and yet all God and all man, all at the same time, all human. And what a moment for Mary, the, the one that carried and brought Jesus into this earth. So I want to have a little bit of a, a, a strange thought for you today, but I want to have a bit of a Christmas carol theme. And so I've got my maestro over here, Paul. He's going to play. <laughs> and he's going to play in his lovely Christmas jumper, the famous carol, Silent Night. And you can choose whatever key you want, Paul. It doesn't really matter. <laughs> I will just carry on speaking regardless. Because there's a famous, this famous carol is Silent Night, Holy Night. You'll know it really well. But in the final verse, in the final verse, all right, there is this moment where it says, Son of God. It's a well-known phrase. Let me read that to you. Don't worry, I'm not going to sing it. You're safe. I'll read it to you. It says this, Silent night, holy night, Son of God, love's pure light, radiant beams from thy holy face with the dawn of redeeming grace. Jesus, Lord, at thy birth. Jesus, Lord, at thy birth. I could almost stop there. The dawn of redeeming grace. What a fantastic line. Jesus, Lord, at thy birth. Jesus wasn't going to become Lord. Jesus became the Saviour, but he didn't become Lord. He was God the moment 
he was born. Lord at thy birth. What a stunning concept. Now this carol was written almost exactly 200 years ago. All right, in 1818, a young priest in Austria in a small village wrote this carol. The story goes it was in a winter's evening and he went for a walk and he left the village. As he looked back on the village, he saw his village lying there still and quiet and silent. And it just conjured up this image of Bethlehem. He went back and he wrote this famous carol. And it's been sung in churches and cathedrals for 200 years. It's been sung in town squares and school halls. And even, get this, one famous evening on Christmas Eve in the First World War, there was this truce that was called. And the voices from the different trenches, the English, the Scottish, the French, the Germans, the Canadians, they would all start singing this hymn, this carol together, Silent Night. And for one evening, they stopped shooting each other and instead sang praises to the God of Christmas. What a powerful moment that must be. But before the phrase, Son of God, was ever used as a famous carol, before his lyrics written down by the priest Joseph Moore, before his translating to 300 plus languages, it found its place right in the middle of scripture, in the Bible itself. It was a phrase used throughout the Old and the New Testament. It is most often used in the New Testament actually by Jesus himself. Jesus would often refer to himself as the Son of God. It was used by the devil when the devil tempted Jesus in the wilderness, he called him the Son of God. God. It was used by the crowds when they called out to crucify him. They jeered him and called him the son of God. When the Roman soldiers tortured him, they called him the son of God. When the Jewish leaders had enough of him, they referred to him mockingly as the son of God. A phrase has been used for different reasons. But the one piece of scripture I want to look at today for just a couple of moments is a moment of interaction between, between Jesus and his friend Peter, one of his followers, the disciples. And the disciples, they, they travel with Jesus for three years, like a long intern program. And they travel all around the country with Jesus. And they had all these experiences. There was one moment, you'll, you'll know it's the famous story, where Jesus fed the 5,000 with five loaves and two fish. And after he'd completed this task, a banquet, if you will, from a small boy's lunchbox, Jesus needed a break and he said, I'm gonna go take some time out. You guys go ahead on the boat. And they did and they got on their boat and off they went. And halfway across, a storm kicked off. And eventually Jesus walks across the water on Lake Galilee and he meets them halfway in the middle of this storm. And you know the story, Peter gets out of the boat and he tries to walk on water, it doesn't go too well for him. And, and he's rescued by Jesus, he's taken back to the boat and suddenly the storm goes quiet and still. And all the disciples, they look at Jesus and they say, surely you are the son of God. You are the son of God. They realize it. And then a couple of chapters later on in Matthew chapter 16, there's this moment they're starting to squabble because they're mates and they've been traveling together for some time. And they get into an argument, get this, they get into an argument about who bought the bread. Who's bought the bread? Whose turn was it to get the bread today? Someone's forgotten to get the bread. They kind of get in a little bit of disagreement about the bread buying etiquette of the disciples. 
So Jesus had a little word with them. Come on, fellas, come on, calm down. Remember, remember when I fed the 5,000, we only had five loaves. Remember when I fed the 4,000? We did it again, didn't we? Remember those moments? And he said this question, really important question I want us to all hear today. He asked this question, who do people say I am? Is what Jesus asked. Who do people say I am? And the disciples replied, some said, well, John the Baptist. Some say Elijah. Others say Jeremiah or one of the other prophets. But then Jesus asks the question again. And when Jesus asks a question twice, you need to really think carefully about the answer. He says this, who do you say I am? Who do you say I am? Who do you say I am on this day? And Peter, as always, jumped in with a quick answer. And he says this, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. You're the son of God. His name is Jesus. You are the son of God. There came a moment where suddenly Peter knew. He realized it doesn't matter what other people say Jesus is. Who do you say Jesus is? It doesn't matter what I tell you Jesus is. The question is, who do you say Jesus is? Is he a good man? Is he a baby in a mange that makes an appearance every 12 months like Michael Buble? Is that what it's all about? Or maybe he's a king or a teacher or maybe the son of God. Who do you say he is? It doesn't matter what other people say. Who do you say Jesus is? Let me read to you a very famous C.S. Lewis quote. C.S. Lewis, the writer, the author who wrote about Narnia and, uh, you know, the lion, the witch, and the wardrobe, you know the stories. And uh, in the 1940s, he was, he was interviewed on BBC Radio. He was interviewed on BBC Radio uh, in a set of interviews where he talked about his faith because C.S. Lewis was an atheist and he had no belief in God at all. He used to argue with an atheist society until he ran out of arguments and he started to believe in Jesus. And he said this in his classic book, or they became part of his classic book, Mere Christianity, he said these words. I'm trying here, this is C.S. Lewis speaking. I'm trying here to prevent anyone saying the really foolish thing that people often say about him. I'm ready to accept Jesus as a great moral teacher but I don't accept his claim to be God. That is the one thing we must not say. A man who was merely a man and said the sort of things Jesus said would not be a great moral teacher. I love this phrase. He would either be a lunatic on the level with the man who says he's a poached egg. There we go, that's a 1940s expression of a lunatic. Or else he would be the devil of hell. You must make your choice. Either this man was and is the son of God, or else a madman or something worse. You can shut him up for a fool. You can spit at him and kill him as a demon, or you can fall at his feet and call him Lord and God. But let us not come up with any patronising nonsense about his being a great human teacher. He has not left that open to us. He did not intend to. Then just shortly later, he finished with this phrase. This is C.S. Lewis speaking again. Now it seems to me obvious that he was neither a lunatic or a fiend. And consequently, 
However strange or terrifying or unlikely it may seem, I have to accept the view that he was and is God. I don't know what your story is today on Christmas Day, what you're thinking, what your experience might be, how you see Jesus today. But I am choosing today to be like Peter, to look Jesus in the eye, Jesus our Emmanuel, Jesus our Saviour, Jesus our Messiah, Jesus the Son of God. On this day, at this moment, I declare that Jesus is Lord, that Jesus is the Son of God. Who do you say he is? My prayer for all those watching and listening today that although life may be confusing, that you might still be able to say, maybe through gritted teeth, Jesus is the Son of God. We are broken people living in a broken world, more broken now than normal, but are we still able to say, even though things are not a lot of fun right now, Jesus, you are the Son of God. When church hasn't always worked as we hoped it would have done and we haven't been able to gather in the way that we would like to have done, are we still able to say Jesus is the Son of God? Or maybe we've struggled with our faith this last season and we don't know what we believe sometimes, we don't know which way is up, but are we still able to stand and say, Jesus, I believe that you are not just a baby in a manger, not just a great moral teacher, not just a person that lived in history, but you are the Son, the Son of God. I'm still choosing to believe this Christmas. That's the story I'm living for, that Jesus is the Son of God. I want to say to you listening today, whatever your story, may that be your answer to the question of who do you say Jesus is? God bless you today as you celebrate Christmas. May you know Emmanuel, God present with you in the middle of all the presents and the wrapping paper. May you know the Saviour that sets you free from your sin. May you know the Messiah, the one you've been waiting for, the anointed one that is to come. May you know that Jesus truly is the Son of God. God bless you today. For more information about Freedom Church, please go to www.freedomchurch.uk. Thank you for listening.